0: you walk in the door you're like I don't really know how does this work like do they take up an offering when do they take up an offering and all that stuff and we do actually do that at the end of the service and you'll actually drop your offering envelope if you uh, grab one of the uh, bulletins you'll drop it in a basket as you're leaving there'll be someone standing at the door one back here and one over here and then this is an important piece this tear-off sheet is um, valuable To me, because when you fill this out, it gives me information about you. And then if you have a prayer request, make sure to put that on the back. And then we will get people to be praying uh, for you throughout the week. So please take a look at that. And inside the bulletin, my wife works hard every week, making sure that all the information is in there for you. And please take a look at that. And it'll tell you about a gathering that we're doing Saturday. This coming Saturday, we're going to be meeting at Bee Creek. That is the cafe here in town on Main Street in Platte City. It's right next to the pool hall. Now, don't get those two things confused. I mean, if you want to get a cheeseburger afterwards, that's fine. But come to Bee Creek first at 1130 on Saturday. And and I'll tell you why we're going to be meeting there. We're going to be meeting there because we are going to be gathering together to break fast. Because that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about what it means to fast. And whether it is from food or whether it's from anything else, we're going to gather on Saturday. We're going to talk about what God did in you and through you and how he challenged you throughout this week. And then we're going to break fast by taking communion together with uh, bread that's baked fresh and with uh, cups of juice. And it's just going to be a gathering. So I, I just pray, I pray for one that you will you will actually be obedient and walk out a fast somehow some way this week and then we will gather together and we will enjoy God's presence uh, through his elements yes ma'am is this open to the entire church This is open to everyone Yeah yeah these greetings these gatherings we're doing each week are open for everyone to come All right we want you to come Bring your children, and that, the occupancy is 49. <laughs> my guess is there'll be more of us there, all right? Because there's a lot of us here. You're hearing my voice, and pray, out, pray that you can come. And, I'll, and we'll, obviously, we're we'll talking about fasting this morning, and we'll understand why we're going to be gathering together. Now, if you're a guest or a visitor, we do have a, a welcome table out to the left, all the way to the end of the hallway. When you come out to the auditorium, go left, and we have a gift uh, for you there. And so, is, where's Jimmy at? Is he out there at the coffee bar? When he comes in, would you ask him if he would be the, would he be the the um the guy that would welcome people today? And so please come and take advantage of that if you can. So I want you to, I want you to do me a favor, I want you to look at the person next to you if you're sitting next to someone, or you can just say this to yourself, but look at the person next to you and say, uh, this is gonna challenge you today. All right? So look at the person next to you. Tell them this message is going to challenge you. Tell them, you're going to be uncomfortable today. Right? Because there's two subjects that a pastor will talk about that will make people uncomfortable. And one is money. Okay? And you're like, oh man, i hold on to your wallet. And the next one is food. Those two things, as, as Americans especially, those two things, we, let's just be honest, we love them. We value them. We we Our whole life is centered around those two things, okay? And there's one other subject we could talk about, but I'm not going to talk about that because there's kids in the room. That's another issue, but we'll maybe some other day, okay? Money and food. So today, we're going to talk about fasting. It's a hunger for the unknown. It's a hunger for the unknown, and so there's a lot of uh, questions about fasting. We don't talk about The American church de- definitely doesn't talk about it a lot. Um, right now, if you are of the Catholic faith or if you've been a, been a part of a, a, uh, a church that, it, that practices Lent, that's, uh, that's going on right now. It started last Wednesday. And so that's a, that's a fasting mechanism used uh, to put something away in order to get something better. Okay, and so that's what I want you to understand. Fasting is to put something aside so that you can receive something better from God. Better than what it is that you're putting aside. And he's always into better. God's always better. And he's going to challenge us this morning with this. So I want to show you, I want to make sure you're educated. I'm going to give you some things to know today. And I'm going to give you some things to be inspired by. I'm going to challenge you and then we're going to walk it out this week. Okay, so let's take a look at this video and it kind of gives us a, a little rundown, academic rundown of fasting. So gotquestions.org is a great resource um, for questions about anything uh, spiritual or biblical. The questions you may have throughout, throughout uh, your study or throughout our time together. So you might have noticed, man, we went crazy on the set, the set design this week, you know. Uh, this is obviously for the school play that's coming up. There were certain things that they had to get done ahead of time. And she said, hey, is it okay? And uh, I was tempted to come out through the upper door, you know, and make my appearance this morning. But it's kind of sketchy back there. I had to go up a scaffolding to get onto the, po- the platform, and I was like, I don't think it's going to hold me. And so I said no. So we just do it the regular way. But this is part of the blessings of <laughs> renting a space. You kind of have to deal with, deal with it as we go. But it's kind of fun for a while, right? Kind of neat. It, it is what it is. I was tempted to preach from the couch, but that would be a little too comfortable, I think. There's a lot of different places we're going to take a look at today, so get your Bible ready. But one of the main places is in Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, about middle way through the Bible. So take a look at that. So if you are new... to to us and you're wondering kind of what it is that we've been talking about lately. We've been talking about spiritual disciplines or holy habits. Holy habits to draw us closer to God, closer to one another and prepare us to be sent out into the world. And so each week, each week we read about, each week we preach about it, then we read about it and we practice it throughout the week. Because honestly, if you just hear about it when you come to church and you don't go out and put it into practice and apply it to your life, then really, what's the point? That would be like, when we talk about food, it would be like going into a restaurant, looking at the menu, ordering the food, having it brought to your table, and you just get up and walk away without eating it. What's the point? And so we want to encourage you to somehow, some way. Put this this practice of dis- or this practice of fasting into place. And so, let's just really briefly uh, review a few of the thoughts that we heard from the video. By taking our eyes off the things of this world, we can more successfully turn our attention to Christ. Fasting changes us, not God. The purpose of fasting is not to get God to respond like a genie in a bottle. Like, oh man, if I get really serious and I pray and I fast, then God's got to do what I ask him to do. Fasting is not a way to appear more spiritual than others. And then fasting is done in a spirit of humility and of a joyful attitude. The author of the book, Philip Nation, here's a couple quotes from, from this week's chapter. And on verse, or page four, 84, he says, By fasting, we reveal a hunger for something that is eternal. We long to have a deeper communion with God. During fasting, we willingly forego what fuels our body to connect with the one who saves our soul. Whoa. Page 90. Now, remember, he talked about in the video that it's almost always related to food, but there are other things you can fast from. And... You can work through that on your own, figure out what it is that God's calling you to give up. Food is convenient. Fasting is not. Eating is the cultural norm. Fasting sets you apart as different. Food brings about physical pleasure. Fasting introduces us to a time of physical discomfort. Eating is done out of absolute necessity. Fasting is done out of absolute faith. How many of you are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Have you guys heard that before? Some of you are in school and maybe have heard that it's like this triangle. And at the top of the triangle, he would contest that the, the greatest need is self-actualization. Like understanding who we are. And there are certain things that we have to have in our life to help us find out who we are. And at the bottom of the triangle, this pyramid, I guess you would call it, is those things like food and air, <laughs> you know, the water, those, those basic necessities of life that we have to have. And then it goes, I, I took a picture of it on, the, uh, on my computer. It goes physiological. Safety is the next one, love and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization is the top. I would almost, and this is not scientific and this is not something that I've really uh, thought a whole lot about, but I would almost think that as a follower of Jesus, you could almost flip this thing completely upside down. And when you actually realize who we are in Christ, like what our identity is in Him, When we truly figure out who we truly are in Him, that's the greatest need. We have to start there. There's these other things that we put so much emphasis on and we miss out on the very thing that's the most important. And that's what I think fasting will help us do when we realize that we need Him more than we need whatever it is we're saying no to. And you flip it upside down. And then at that point, then when we realize who we are in Christ, My esteem comes from Him, not from other people around me. I don't have to worry about what other people think of me. If I'm worried about what other individuals are saying to me to build up my esteem, then the problem is, is then it's going to take one negative comment to wipe away a hundred. And then I just don't have, my my self-worth is down, and I begin to look for other ways to satisfy myself. In the middle, that's love and belonging. Yes, we all need that. Right? We all need to know that we're loved. And we all need to love others well. That is the center. That is like the command that Jesus gives his followers. Love one another. And so we need, we need that. And then safety. Safety is a big piece of it too. Security. But I think the longer we walk with Jesus and the more intimate we become with him, we realize, you know what? My life is not my own. It's not that you take unnecessary risks, but your faith and you're, you're willing to be challenged a little bit. You're willing to say, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to trust God to provide for me. I don't have to. Because a lot of times money is related to safety and security. I've got to have these things to make sure that, I, that I'm safe and secure and I have enough left over. Um, and you know what? It's the number one reason why people don't give in the church. They're so worried about their security. They're so worried about safety. I just can't afford to, Brady. I can't afford. I don't have enough. I said, you know what? You can't afford not to. Trust him. Trust, I'm just, I'm just telling you, Tony and I were talking about it. If you want to see a miracle in your life, trust God with your money. And he will show you a miracle almost every day of your life that you just say, I just can't outgive give him. That's a practical miracle that he wants to show you. And we're missing out on it by putting our security and safety in other things. And then it goes to those physiological needs. Obviously, uh, oxygen and those kind of things, we've got to have those things to live and when you having trouble breathing, you know how serious that can be. But when it comes to food and water and those kind of things, if we realize, you know what, God's the provider of those things. It says in Scripture, not worry about them. He knows what you need. He gives them to you. And so we don't have to have those things first in order to, to feel like we're okay. And so this is the reason why fasting is such a challenge. So I go on to say, fasting, whether it is regular, partial, absolute you know so it could be say um okay some practical things all right i'm just going to give up a meal a day i'm going to fast from from lunch and some of you that are if you're a young person you go to high school you're like dude that's easy to fast from school lunch all right have you seen this stuff all right um but maybe you maybe you're fasting from lunch or maybe you fast from dinner whatever it is the whole purpose is is when you're not participating in that particular activity you are your focus is upward you're praying you're, you're taking time. Say you have a 30-minute lunch. You take that 30 minutes not to go through and check your phone and see what's the, the notifications you have. Maybe that's what it is you need to fast from. And you say, I'm going to put that down. I'm going to spend 30 minutes reading my Bible or 30 minutes reading and praying. That 30 minutes belongs to God. does that make sense? Right? That's the real practical application of it. It's seeking after God's heart is the purpose of fasting. It's wanting to know him in a deeper measure. All other blessings and benefits that come from it, which there are some blessing and benefits that come from doing without. You know, it could be a deeper relationship with your spouse or people around you because your focus is on them and not on whatever it is that you've been focusing on. So there are benefits that come, but ultimately it's not about what you can get as a result of it. It's what your connection with the one who is providing the blessings for you. So when we focus on God and put ourselves or our focus off of these other things, that's what separates Christian fasting from a different type of fast. You know, I, I watched the TED Talk video. It's a nine-minute speech. Um, this guy talked about the, the physical benefits of fasting, and he does it uh, seven days every year. And he didn't, didn't do it from a biblical perspective. but he just talked about how it blessed him, um, how it reset him physically. And so there are those benefits. They actually believe that fasting can help uh, cure cancer. That when you don't provide those cancer cells fuel, they die. And so there, there, there are things that they have used in, in research to say, Fasting helps actually bring healing to your body. And we're not the only religion that fasts. Christianity is not the only one. I mean, Jews fast during a period call, called Yom Kippur, where they, it's called the Day of Atonement, and they fast to, a nat, they have a, natural, a national observance, if you will, of fasting and praying and repentance. Muslims all over the world observe this annual fast during the daylight hours called Ramadan. And they, they withhold themselves from food and from, other things throughout, the, throughout the, the time when the light is on <laughs> to guard themselves from evil and to show their allegiance to Allah. Buddhists fast because they feel like they can reach a, a, a higher sense of enlightenment, a heightened enlightenment. You know, and there's a... And okay, that's great, but, but in Christian fasting, the same is true. <laughs> like, we can show our, our obedience and our dedication to God. We can have a deeper sense of connection with him when we decide to put him first. I want to show you some examples from Scripture of these biblical, or these fasts that people went on. So, Isaiah 58 is kind of where our focus is going to be, but there are other examples of well. And you don't have to turn there, but I'll just give you a few examples. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter seven, verse six. If you want to take notes, you can write that down. They fasted the people, the people of Israel. They fasted, they prayed, they confessed that they had sinned, and it said that the Lord delivered them from their enemy, the Philistines. Like that was their that was their war strategy. Was the first, before we go into battle, we have got to make sure that our 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 vertical relationship with God is intact so that we can go and accomplish the things that, we've, that we need to accomplish. And the first thing that they did is they confessed. And we talked about that last week in prayer. Confession, intercession, and petition. I have a, uh, a confession that i got to make right now that could change the way that you look at me from this moment on. Um, I'm missing a button in my shirt. That's my Confession. And I did not realize that until I got my shirt on and I didn't have enough time to change. And I thought, oh, I don't care. You know what? I'll just show people that I'm not perfect and I don't know how to dress. All right, so that's my confession. Some of you thought that was funny. Some of you didn't. Some of you need to get a sense of humor. (laughs) Maybe you need a fast for a sense of humor this week. Jehoshaphat. That's a great name. Why would you name your kid that? Jehoshaphat. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it says he was afraid, so he called the people to a holy fast. He said every, this was something that we do together. It's not just one person. That by the way, you know, it talks about in Matthew where on the video, in the red lettering, it was talking about like when you fast, like do it in secret. Don't let anybody know. I think it's important to let a few other people know that you're fasting, like in your family, especially in your home. You're like, hey, I just want you to know this week I'm going to be fasting. So my, our, my eating schedule is going to be different. Okay, you don't have to announce it on Facebook. Don't, yeah, please don't let that be your status. Like what, you know, in the, like your feelings, your emotions or whatever. You know, I'm, fe- I'm fasting today. I'm feeling fasting, whatever it is. Don't do that. Okay, but get some other people to come alongside you, pray with you to encourage you. You know, like it would be really hard if if I fasted and Trish didn't and she was eating um, something really delicious in front of me and she didn't realize I was fasting. And so make sure you let somebody else know to pray with you. But don't announce it to everyone so that you can, oh, look at me, I'm fasting this week. I'm so spiritual. No, don't do that because they might be like, and that's all you're going to get, all right? That's your reward right there. Just a little bit of an applause. Don't make a big deal about it, just, but just say, hey, if someone says, hey, man, you want, you want to get a snack? No, I'm okay. I'm good. And maybe if they ask, just say, hey, I just, it's just something I'm focusing on this week, and, but thank you. So involve, involve all the people. But they fasted. The people fasted for a breakthrough. How many of you are familiar with the story in Esther, where Esther's this... She's been chosen for such a time as this, it says. And in Esther chapter 4, she tells her uncle, tell the people to fast and pray and for three days eat no food and drink no water. Now that is a pretty extreme fast. And I would, you can go longer than that without drinking water, not a ton longer than that. I mean, but you can go up to 40 days, maybe even more without eating. But she said, three days, no food, no water. And we're going to seek God on behalf of his people. And how serious serious are you about it? And she calls the people to fast and to pray. And so that might be something you say, you know what? uh, I'm going to take that challenge. I'm going to do an Esther fast this week. And starting tomorrow, I'm going to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no food, no water. And at the end of that three days, on the fourth day, you wake up in the morning and you take a little bit of nourishment. And by the way, after you fast, don't go to all-you-can-eat buffet. Bad idea. Your stomach will, re, will be mad at you. And the rest of your body the, the body that goes along with your stomach. They, it will not be happy with you at all. So be careful with that. But Esther, chapter 4, she said, Tell the people, fast and pray with me for a breakthrough. And they did. Great examples in Daniel chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 10. Daniel 1 and Daniel 10. Uh, Daniel and his friends were taken captive. And they were taken to to Babylon. And they were in a completely different culture. And they were challenged with the the menu of the day. (laughs) And Daniel um, asked, hey, could could we not eat what the king's providing for us can we instead just eat fruits and vegetables and and he tested the he tested he said won't you just see that if i eat this way for these days and you come back and if you don't see that we're healthier than the rest of the people then then we'll admit that we are wrong but daniel wasn't wrong and when they came back and saw that daniel and his friends were healthier than everybody else they just appeared to be healthier daniel was exalted and given a place of leadership so god used his willingness to say, I will say no to the things of the world, in a sense, and I will eat only what is good for me. So you could do a Daniel fast, where you could just eat fruits and vegetables during the week. You could just say, I am going to, I'm not going to eat meat. Um, later on in Daniel 10, it's even a more powerful picture where it says Daniel cried out to the Lord. He mourned for his people. He was so overwhelmed because of their sin, and he was so repentant for the country that he said, I am willing to go without in order for God to to come and rescue us. And he cried out to the Lord. And it said that he didn't eat meat and he didn't drink wine. He basically said no to the delicacies of the world to say yes to the greater things of God. And so whatever it is that for you, there might be delicacies for you that you say, those are the things I will stay away from this week. Okay? Okay? Listen, we're not teetotalers at Calling Community Church. We don't say that to everyone, you should not drink alcohol. But I encourage you, maybe this week you say, you know what? I, I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say yes to the things of God. And I'm going to realize my reliance upon God more than I need those things. So maybe that's what it is you fast from this week. Whatever it is a delicacy to you, say no to it and say yes to the things of God. And that, that Daniel 10, powerful it's a powerful um, challenge for challenge, even for me. Like, Brady, how serious are you about watching God and seeing God do a miraculous things in our community, in this church? How serious are you about that? And I would like to say that I am. But my actions don't always prove it. And I would like to say this is going to be an easy week for me, but I'm telling you, it's not. It's going to be a challenge. But I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to to what it is that God's going to reveal to me as a result of of taking this seriously. Do you know that Jesus fasted? In the very beginning of his ministry to prepare him, it's almost like this, since prepared for ministry to, to send him out, Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days fasted and he prayed and he was tempted oh do you think you're going to be tempted this week i promise you if you take this seriously you will be tempted i don't think the devil himself is going to come knock on your door maybe some of you are so important in the kingdom of god he might <laughs> but you're going to be tempted and you're going to want to give up and you're not going to want to follow through and you're just going to say i can't do it my flesh is weak you know what the flesh is weak but he, but the spirit is strong and so Jesus fasted for 40 days. And then it says the angels came and ministered to him at the end of those 40 days. And they, uh, they didn't bring him pizza and a Coke, I promise you. You know, they brought him something simple to ease his body back into it. And so Jesus was God in the flesh. And so he understands the struggle. You know, he was tempted with bread. Turn those rocks into bread. And he says, but man can't live on bread alone. And I think that's one of the things we have to understand in fast. We, we don't live by bread alone. live by his word and he wants us to to press into that and then jesus told his followers about fasting in matthew chapter 6 right after the lord's prayer says or says when you pray and then he says when you fast important decisions maybe you have some important decisions to make in your life right now and you're trying to think man i just don't know what to do i need some wisdom And that's one of the benefits of fasting. I'll I'll just turn to this one real quick. Acts chapter 13. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord, and they were fasting. So they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. Then after that, they fasted, prayed, laid hands on them, and then sent them out. And that's been something that's been practiced over the centuries. When you're trying to make an important decision, when you've got some choices to make, when you're trying to decide, uh, where do I go to school? Or, or what do I do for a career? And what do I do um, about our address? You know, or should we move or should we not move? Or whatever it is, the Bible says that we should fast and pray and seek God's wisdom to help make those decisions. Maybe you've never thought about that before. And so that's just one particular example. And the Apostle Paul, before he really became a follower of Jesus and really started living for him, God met him on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says that his eyes were closed and for three days he didn't eat or drink anything. And then after uh, he was, his eyes, the scales were taken off his eyes and he, And uh, God revealed to him this purpose and plan for his life. Then he went. Then he was ready for ministry. But it was after three days of not eating or drinking. Let's look at Isaiah 58 as we finish up our time together. Isaiah is a prophet. He's speaking this word to the people of God. And he's challenging them about this particular issue. And so I think as I, as I read this, I see that fasting was something that was just expected. That's just something they did. It was a regular thing. So Isaiah 58. So here's what he says. He says, cry out loudly. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways like a nation that does what is right and does not abandon the justice of their god. They ask me for righteous judgments; they delight in the nearness of God. We have fasted," or says, "Why have we fasted? But you have not seen. We have not we have, have denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. Look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and impress all your workers. You fast with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. Here's the picture. The people are saying, we're we're coming to church, God. We're doing Bible studies and we're, we're serious and we're worshiping and we're doing all these things. We're fasting. Don't you see us? Look what we're doing. But God's like, yeah, but I see your heart. I see your heart. And you're not doing it for the right reason. As a matter of fact, you're actually treating each other terrible. You're fighting with one another. And I'm not saying that's us, but I'm saying that's a picture, that could be a picture of the church as a whole. You know, yeah, we say we're doing these, look at us, we're doing these religious acts where we've been talking about worship and prayer and Bible study and we're doing all these things, but God says, but I see your heart. You're treating each other bad. And the people are saying, "Um, we've denied ourselves, we fast, haven't you seen? And then look at verse five. God says, will the fast I choose be like this? A day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed, to spread out like a sackcloth of ashes. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? And then he says, isn't this the fast I choose? And this is the, the power, the, something that could be accomplished through fasting and praying. To break the chains of wickedness. Do you think there's some chains of wickedness in the world that need to be broken? Can we just talk about the school shooting in Florida? You know, that's a picture of wickedness. A picture of evil in the world. And yeah, there's a lot of things that should have happened but didn't. But yet it all comes back to evil. and An enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to tear off every yoke. Things that are burdening us, that are holding us back. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? You know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like, God, I will do without so that I can go and give away to somebody else that needs it more than me. To bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him and not ignore your own flesh and blood. Then it says, if like it's almost like if and then. If you live this way, it says, then your light will appear like the dawn and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. And at that time, you, when you call the Lord, He will answer. When you cry out, He will say, here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger pointing and malicious speaking, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you like in a parched land and strengthen your bones. He will be like a watered garden. You'll be like a spring whose water never runs dry. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations long ago. You will be called a repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. Man, that is a battle cry. That is a battle cry for the people of God. To say, if you take this seriously, if you press into this, I will go before you and I will come behind you. And you know what it says in the, um, the, the study notes in my Bible, it says Christians can never count on a moment of peace. If we, were of the, if we were of the world, the world would just love us as their own. But because we are true saints and not of this world, the world hates us. And it says that the church is like a, um, it's like an army marching through the land. Do you see? Do we see the church as an army marching through the land? I don't think so. I think sometimes we see the church as someone cowered in a corner, and we're hoping that nothing bad happens to us. And we cannot live that way any longer. We cannot live that way any longer a matter of fact, a woman had a word for our church. She had a word when she was praying. She said, the word this year is ravage. And not to be ravaged, which we've had that long enough, but instead it's for us to ravage, go on the offensive as the people of God. And the only way we can do that is to get ready and be prepared for that. And that's what fasting will do for us. It'll get your heart ready. It'll get you set apart, ready for whatever it is that God has for you so that the light will come. As in the noonday, so that we will shine. Are you? Yes? No? Amen. I mean, does this scare you? Is this challenging? You're like, I don't know what to do. You know what? I can't prescribe it for you, I can't tell you what exactly it's supposed to look like for you. But I can ask you to pray and to ask God, God, what is it that is standing between me? And you, am I mourning because of that? Am I sad because of that? And if not, why am I not sad about that? But ask him, what is it that's keeping you from having a deeper revelation of who Jesus is? I'm asking myself the same question as your leader. And I want you to ask yourself that question. And I can't do this for you. I can't fast on your behalf. I mean, I can I will fast for you as far as praying for you. But ultimately, it's about your flesh. So I'm I'm challenging you with this this week. Starting tomorrow morning. And then we're going to gather on Saturday at Bee Creek. I pray the room is full. And I want to hear about your week. I want to hear your challenges. I want to hear breakthroughs. I want to hear your story. And then, when we're done talking about it, then we're going to break fast by taking the the body of Jesus and we're going to take his blood as a covenant. We're going to remember what he's done for us. And then, next Sunday, I have a surprise for you. Next Sunday is going to be unlike any other Sunday we've ever had before. I guarantee it, it's going to be different. It's a surprise, so you're going to have to come and figure out what it is. I'll give you one hint. Next Sunday, come hungry. Hungry for the Lord and just hungry. Okay? All right, the worship worship is going to come. You're going to pray. You're going to ask God what it is that he's, he's going to call you and challenge you to fast from. Maybe you need to come up to the altar and you need to lay it before the Lord. You need to pray. Maybe pray right where you're at. Maybe you need to get somebody else to pray with you. But I pray you come.